Hello, good afternoon, Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RV Oppenheim Associates. Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast and video series where we talk about digital marketing strategies to help grow your business. Today, very excited to have a special guest on the show today, Stefan Georgi. Welcome to the show, Stefan. Hey, Michael. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Good, good. So, Stefan, you are the co-founder of Copy Accelerator, uh, which is really an interesting sort of company mashup. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing right now, just to kind of set us off. For sure. So, Copy Accelerator is a community that provides mentorship, feedback, and training to business owners and copywriters who are looking to scale businesses uh, utilizing cold traffic. So whether that's Facebook ads, YouTube ads, native advertising, uh, generally paid media. What makes it really interesting and unique, I think, is that that intersection of the copywriters and the business owners. Uh, because what you find is that they're almost two sides of the same coin. The business owners can't really grow and scale their business without great copy. And for the copywriters, as they really understand what it takes to scale something and all the different uh, parts of a funnel, the different assets that are needed, um, they generally become much more valuable. And if they're able to grow their own businesses, whether that's in the agency uh, way or as a freelancer, whatever it may be. So I've got about 250 members from really large names and kind of the direct response marketing world, people in e-com, um, and then all the way down to people who are you know earlier on in their businesses and, and just sitting six figures. So it's a pretty uh, special and, and cool community we've built. Very nice. So today's episode, uh, what we're going to really dive into uh, with Stefan is how to accelerate your live stream brand and maximize lifetime value. Because what, what we're seeing, and, and Stefan, I think you can really speak to this, is there has really been a, a, an emergence of live streaming, whether it's on Amazon Live, YouTube Live, Facebook Live, like all the various platforms, Twitch, all the different platforms that are out there, uh, you know, where you can garner attention and eyeballs and ears. Um, but but you guys are, are really seeing some trends. So let's talk about, you know, what are, what are some pitfalls that we need to watch out for? What are some must-haves when we're thinking about sort of live streaming uh, for our brand? For sure. So... And to set the table, for example, speaking of trends, like I think uh, live streaming in China in 2019 was already a $60 billion a year business. So this was pre-COVID. So I don't, you know, it, it wasn't just that because of COVID, brands are only going online and selling. Um, then I think this year, in 2020, it was $170 billion, is the stat I saw. So I mean, that's like massive, right? Almost tripled. I think COVID helped, but it also is because live streaming and selling through live streaming is a way to really connect with your audience on a deeper level. So the immediate sort of pitfall is just saying, hey, I'm going to go live on Facebook and start selling my stuff. Uh, that, you know, it could work, but really you want to approach this more like a launch model. You want to create like an event that you're going to like, hey, in a week from now, we're doing a special event for both our customers and people who are interested. Um, you know, like make sure you come at Tuesday at 3 p.m. or whatever time it is. And then you're sending out emails, kind of getting your, you know, your list and your prospects hyped for it. You're posting on social, you're building anticipation. So really treating it like a launch. Um, that way, when you do go live, you've got a lot of people there and eyeballs there. It's not just something where 
you just kind of spontaneously go live and hope people show up. The other reason that's important is from thinking about what you're going to say, right? So my background is in copywriting originally, and I still am sort of on the top of my kind of niche for copywriting. And um, you know, you're still you're architecting an experience. So how long are you going to go live for? Are you going to live for half an hour, for an hour, for 15 minutes? And what does that journey look like when somebody's with you? Are you telling stories? Because you should be, right? Stories about you, know, you, the brand, the product. Are we going to incorporate social proof? Because we should be, right? Are we going to have people who maybe you're going to jump on the live stream and tell their stories using your product or working with you in your service? So you really want to think about that intentionally and map out what your uh, event is going to look like from a sort of positioning and marketing and even copy perspective. It doesn't mean you should read off a teleprompter, but you want to really put a lot of foresight into that in order to create the best experience. Yeah, I love that. I, I think that there's 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 this really weird balance too. I think brands who haven't gone on live at first, it's really uncomfortable, right? Maybe they're camera shy. Maybe they, you know, just didn't feel comfortable speaking at events in person, you know, like public speaking. Because you know, to a certain degree, that's what this is. Live speak, you know, live streaming. It is the same sort of, you know, um, it pushes the same emotions, human you know, components that, you know, speaking amongst the live audience does. So I think a lot of people are camera shy. And as you pointed out, if you have a plan and you know how long you're going to speak and what you're going to speak on, and you have a, a, you're very intentional about what is the end user going to experience or walk away from, it can help build confidence in what you're going to talk about, even if you don't think of yourself as an on-camera personality or maybe the brands have to think about well this person over here really is like the figurehead but yet they are really bad on camera and we need to use someone else right so i feel like there's you know some of that internal dialogue or or decision making that has to take place the other thing you know just speaking from myself and clients that we work with know this your first episode and your first online event compared to your 100th are going to be light years apart. They're going to be so different. And there's no way for you to have any idea about, is there any way that I could know what I need to know or what I would have learned at the 100th episode before I air my first episode? But today, that's what we're trying to help you guys figure out, right, is to try to help I mean, Stefan, you've helped your clients go through this. I've done it personally. We've helped our clients. So that's what we're diving into today as we're trying to really figure out how to accelerate your live stream for your brand. And then what happens after kind of where we're going to go in next with this is, okay, we've kind of walked through the pitfalls. We've talked about kind of what are some things that we must have. But in the second part, what I think we want to talk about is, okay, now I've got 500 viewers, 10,000 viewers, whatever. I've grown it to whatever. Now I've got the eyeballs. Now I've got the attention. How am I going to leverage that exposure? What do you think are some really strategic things that brands need to think about or individuals need to think about as, as now? What do I do now? People are tuning in. One other I want to add, by the way, is, is like practice, do like a practice run, like a rehearsal, right? Like a dress rehearsal. 
because um, like, I think that will help to remove some of the jitters as well. But yeah, once people are tuning in, and like you're gonna sell, right? So I think again, being strategic about what is your offer. I mean, one of the it sounds so simple, but don't stumble over your offer. Why should they buy today and now versus tomorrow or in three months from now or six months from now, right? What's the compelling reason? So what is it? You're, are you gonna take your existing product or products or your services and bundle them together in a unique way? People always go to like save money, right? Oh, you can save 20% today. And totally that works, but that only motivates a certain amount of people. People want unique, special things that they can only get, right? So like if there's a unique way of bundling your products or a special bonus that you're gonna throw in that you know is only available during the event, um, you know, and then really thinking about that, the pricing is important. Like how are we pricing this? Is it different? Why? Um, and thinking about the fact that most people who buy, unless you're selling very high ticket, um, it's an impulse purchase normally, and people buy with their hearts and their emotions. It's an emotional impulse decision. Um, so throughout the whole process, you're speaking to the heart first and the brain second. You know, coming out of the logic is great. The logic is where you talk about saving money. You're like, hey, you know, it would cost this. Other things cost this, but we're gonna, you know, you can get it for this. Plus, we're gonna bundle these things in. So, you know, but basically, when you speak to the brain, it's so that the brain gives the heart permission for what it already wants. You know, um, and so really thinking about that, how do you create an offer and an experience where uh, that's what happens? I think being really clear with your calls to action. As funny as it sounds, people get very afraid to tell people to to buy or to take action. Um, they get very like, ah, so buy it if you want. I don't know, right? They get kind of wishy-washy. And you don't need to hard sell somebody like a boiler room where you're on the table pounding your fist, you know, screaming at people. Um, but you just find this. I've, I've done this with live selling um, where I get kind of, I don't know, I'm just not all in. And then when I'm like, so go ahead, like, you know, click the button you see below, like, buy this now. Like, this is going to be an amazing experience. It's going to change your life. It's whatever it is. Um, when you just actually tell people to do that, they buy, they listen. But people have to be told what to do and let. And so, I think as silly as it sounds, um, or maybe obvious as it sounds, really being strong with your calls to action and firm when you're telling people to make an investment, and then reinforce that decision. Yes. Tell them, look, this is an amazing, this is a great decision you're making. Here's all the reasons that you know your life or your business or whatever can be better now that you're making this decision. Um, help them to picture themselves and you know, five days from now, 10 days from now, 30 days from now, using the product or service. And like, what does that look like? Do you feel less stressed or, you know, if it's a skincare thing, do you notice that your wrinkles, the appearance seems to be fading away or, you know, do that language to get them thinking about life and then a framework they're, they're thinking about what life will be like with the product and how it will be better. And I think that's a huge one as well. Step on, I love that visualization and, and sort of that mental picture that you just painted of how do you, you know, you the strategy is to, create this environment where the end user customer member however you sort of equate the the you know value proposition exchange whether it's a transactional relationship or you know whether it's a subscription or what have you but like you said have them envisioning what life would be like and how life would be better or you know improved if i subscribed or purchased or joined you know, again, whatever that call to action is um, for your brand. And I love the, the other thing that I want to just unpack a little bit more is 
in your messaging and in your copywriting, you know, really demonstrate that you understand the pain point. You understand why they're even listening to this because they have a problem or they have a challenge or they have something they're trying to improve and they're considering that you or your brand might be the answer. And so how have you just reinforced that? And I love the fact that you said reinforce because that's the thing. We all have the worst fear is buyer's remorse, right? Oh my gosh. Like I'm literally, I just bought some furniture and you know, it hasn't been delivered yet. And I'm so anxious because I bought it like a week ago and I'm waiting for it to be delivered. And I'm literally just like, oh, I hope I did the right thing. You know what I mean? And, and you're right. We want to be assured that we made the right decision. It doesn't matter if we spend $3 or $3,000, right? We just want to know we made a good decision. All right. So if, if, if we're doing that right, I mean, and we really are leveraging that visibility because now we are in a space, maybe we've never gone live before. Maybe we've never produced video before. We've relied on more traditional uh, ways of branding and marketing, you know, through print media or radio or some of the other, you know, more linear um, advertising methods. And now we're leveraging video and we've moved from that sort of awareness. We've gone through sort of this consideration stage and now we're in this, you know, relational retention component or stage of this whole cycle, right? This sort of third element. Um, what do you feel like is important that we need to think about very carefully and strategically once we've entered into this sort of phase of that building a relationship, you know, having people come back again and having people tell others about the good decision they made? How do you do that really well? Yeah, for sure. And it's super important. One thing that my business partner, Justin and Coffee Starter talks about is, you know, who's, who's it easier to sell like a Rolex to? Is it the person who's never bought a Rolex before or the person who owns 20 Rolexes, right? And it's the person, for people watching, I'll give you a minute to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's the person who already owns 20 Rolexes, right? You know that they love a Rolex. So if you come and sell them another one and it's a unique Rolex, they're going to be like, okay, I'll buy that as well, right? So, um, you know, kind of a, a nice visualization of why the relationships are, it's, for your business, it's very much a, an important strategy for increasing lifetime value, um, growing your business and all those sorts of things. So I would first, I would think about it from the financial side of like, what what do you want your customer to do once you have them? And that sounds really basic, but I think so many people are like a dog that catches a car and they don't know what to do with the car, right? Once they catch it, it's like, I got this customer. And then they're like, okay, I know I, I need to do something with them. They're like, well, I'll just send them a bunch of content and that can be okay but then well i hope they reorder and it's like okay but like is that what you want is it that you just want them to keep reordering every month do you want them to get on a subscription do you want them to buy other products from you do you want to send them affiliate offers which you could do maybe there's other brands or companies that have products that have affinity with yours and you could promote those and get a commission um there's no right or wrong answer it's unique to your brand but really intentionally thinking about what does that journey look like? There's the journey of buying and then there's the journey of retention, right? And we focus so much on the journey of buying that we don't think about the retention side as much. Um, so, so getting really clear on what do you want and how do you execute on that? 
um, for my, you know, it is building a relationship because it's, there's a no like trust aspect. People buy from brands, companies, individuals uh, that they know, like, and trust. So, for example, from almost all businesses out there, emailing daily would be really good. And that, that is something in my world that's really obvious, but you talk to people all the time and they get so freaked out by the idea of emailing every day because they're like, oh, I'm going to piss my customers off. They're going to unsubscribe. They're gonna... And the, the reality is people don't get mad because you're emailing daily. No, unsubscribe because you're emailing daily. They unsubscribe because your content's boring, right? That's it. If your content was truly engaging and spoke to them, like very few people are going to be mad. They're like, oh, this brand just really gets me. And they keep emailing me interesting stuff that I like to read. I'm unsubscribing. Right? Nobody, that doesn't really happen. But when you're just sort of like fall into, you know, savings with like 10% off. And then the next day it's like, hey, save 50. It's just like the same kind of boring like coupon emails every day or whatever. Like that. that's what it is. So storytelling, authenticity, like what? What's the story of your brand? Stories of people using your products or service and their success with it. Lessons you've learned. Um, you know, really just sharing like valuable content. Maybe it's about trends in the marketplace, topical stuff. Um, really communicating regularly and then figuring out, you know, how often do you tie in the sales message to that, right? Is it like, and by the way, reorder, you know, that's one email, right? Or um, we're doing a sale, that's fine. But like really that touch point and that relationship building uh, if they feel connected to you, like you're a friend, uh, then when you do ask for the sale, they're way more likely to say yes. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. You know, and I think a lot of brands, too, when we think about sort of as as hopefully we're on the, you know, the, the backside, we've begun the backside of recovery from the pandemic, although I, I feel like we're still in the middle of the throes of it. I mean, it has just been crazy but I, I think there's a lot of brands out there there's gonna be a lot of new brands too i mean look at all the laws that were passed in 2020 from you know uh online gaming and gambling sites becoming you know legalized and i think it was seven or eight different cities uh you know legalization of marijuana becoming legal in you know about the same amount of, of uh states so you've got a lot of new sort of products and, and areas that are coming in. And obviously those who are love gambling, those who love their cannabis, like they want, they want stuff in their inbox every day because they're enthusiasts about the product, right? Especially if you're giving them value of, you know, you know, if it's in gaming, you know, what are the tricks to beat this? Or what are the best picks to, you know, increase your bankroll or, you know, if, if you're in cannabis, like what are the better strains? Where's the purest stuff? Like you can go super deep into the niche and that's what these people love. They love the, the deepness of the content. And you're right. Like when I get my emails from these brands that I subscribe to because I'm interested, I don't unsubscribe and I don't mind that they email me every day. Maybe I don't open it right away, but I will eventually because I wanted the content. Right. Yeah. And I mean, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say too. Um, you know, I, I think media consumption has drastically changed. We have created, and and I think we will sustain some of these new behaviors because we are working from home or we are schooling from home. And yes, I do believe eventually. Um, you know, we're going to start to get back into the office and we're going to get back into the classroom. 
But I don't think that some of the media consumption habits that we've developed over the last 12 months, they're going to be hard to break. And part of those is, you know, whether it's more YouTube videos or, you know, more TikTok, you know, views or, you know, following more different people on Instagram because we've had a little more spare time on our hands. So what are your thoughts kind of as we kind of look to close here? You know, what are your kind of lasting thoughts are? What does this future look like? Yeah, it's um, obviously you just never know, but I but I agree. I mean, like you saw an explosion in e-com and it was funny because I you kind of felt like e-com had already exploded, but then COVID happened and like threw the roof, right? And, and, and to your point, yeah, I think people are, are, the way they consume content is definitely changing. I mean, look at um, like Twitch, right, for example. Not only is it growing tremendously, I think in, uh, gosh, I'm going to, I think February was 1.9, like 7 billion hours watched. January was 2.2 billion. December was like almost 2 billion. And those are all basically record. February was a little bit lower because there's fewer days, right? But basically they're at 2 billion hours of watch versus like 1.5, you know, six months ago, which was still in the middle of the pandemic. So it's not just about the pandemic. It's like people are coming on. And then on Twitch, the most popular uh, the fastest growing channels are like the just chatting or whatever it is, is just talking channels where it's not even people being it's people talking. So um, I think more like a hybrid reality in a weird way of phrasing it, right? Where, where half our lives are offline, half our lives are online. Um, that's just sort of like the new normal. You know, it's already happening because of the Facebooks and Instagrams and TikToks of the world. But now as you become more and more social on these platforms, where frankly, there's less pressure, right? If you're an introvert and I come on and a break i just turn off my camera and go do something else and come back like there's a lot of benefits people like to communicate uh, uh like digitally as weird or dystopian as you can say to feel so i don't think that's going anywhere i don't think shopping online is going anywhere um i mean it's all going to keep increasing ordering online you've got you know boomers who are ordering their groceries and you just post for the first time and you know that's not going to stop i think the one thing you'll see as people we do return hopefully to like normal is um a desire for experiences. Like we were chatting briefly before we went live and I was talking about, there was some cruise line that did a round the world kind of cruise uh, ticket for 2020 and it sold out in the first like hour. It was like, you know, I don't know, $5,000, $10,000 a ticket, some like expensive thing and it just sold out because that's an experience. So for people who are offline and even who work with clients who are offline, I think whether you're a restaurant, retail, whatever it is, um, just like live streaming should be an experience too, right? To tie it together. But even for your offline business, it's about creating unique experiences. And it's not just going to the store, buying something and leaving. It's like, how do you build an experience? And I think that's what we're craving due to like COVID. And I think that is one way that you'll see things uh, kind of change is it'll be more of an emphasis on experiential marketing moving forward. I agree a hundred percent. Stefan, this has been a great show. Tell folks how they can find you uh and uh, learn more about some of the cool stuff you guys are doing at copy accelerator cool yeah so easiest way is just go to uh, stephanpaulgeorgi.com uh jump on my email list if you go to stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe uh on my email list i send a daily email about 90 of the time 95 percent of the time it's just valuable content about copywriting marketing mindset scaling businesses all kinds of stuff if I have something to sell, I'll sell it. But um, you know, generally, I'm not. I don't promote like other people's stuff. It's not much of affiliate offers. I'm not. Um, you know, I don't know. You'll see. I'm really into this idea of like uh, relationship marketing, right? 
So that and then Instagram at Stuff in Georgia, I've been focusing on growing that. Uh, a pretty good job. I like I've grown by like thirty thousand subscribers in the last few months, and um, mostly through good content and you know getting shout out to other people and things like that. So um, yeah, find me on Instagram. Excellent. Well, I'm going to spell it out because I'm about to jump online and subscribe to your channel right after we get off the show. So for those of you, it is Stefan Paul Georgi. So that's S-T-E-F as in Frank, A-N-P-A-U-L-G-E-O-R-G-I.com, correct? Yes, sir. All right, great. Stefan, thanks again for being on the show. Guys, thanks for tuning in. I am Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Thanks for tuning in on this Friday and hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Have a great time.